0: Come on, somebody, why don't you just clap your hands all across the house of God. Woo! Come on, somebody, why don't you open up your mouth like God's been good to you. Come on, this is how we overcome in the house of God. Lifting our voices. Praising Him. Woo! Come on, somebody, this is how we overcome. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's clap our hands one more time in this place. Come on, clap it like you mean it. Clap your hands like you mean it. Woo! Amen. My God. Woo! My God. It feels good in the house tonight, amen? Come on, it feels good in the house tonight. I'm expecting something. Come on, anybody expecting God to speak to them today? Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Y'all can make your way back to your seats. I have uh, the, the privilege and an honor to introduce our speaker tonight. He is uh, very well known throughout the church. And uh, he is a brother to me. I love him. And, you know, he told me what he was going to talk about uh, a couple days ago. And I'm just telling you, y'all, I got so excited. I got so excited for what he was going to do. So, you know, I love you, Trevor. I know you're going to do awesome. And how many of us love Brother Trevor Sloss? Woo, come on, come on. Let's show some love for Brother Trevor. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Let's clap our hands one more time as he comes to deliver the word of the Lord tonight.
1: Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. You guys can be seated for a little bit. Um. Tonight, I don't I don't feel like um. Preaching per se. I just, I I know everybody's in school and right now a lot of people are doing Zoom and all that. Y'all probably hate it. Show of hands, who hates Zoom class right now? (laughs) Show of hands, who actually logs in on time? Ooh. Some of y'all ain't telling the truth now. But I appreciate everybody else's honesty. I appreciate that. Um, I work at the church school, as many of you know, and by a landslide, the kids will tell you that I am the favorite teacher. (laughs) I'm only kidding. They actually hate me, um, so, (laughs) um, yeah, they don't like me very much, but that's okay. I love them, so, (laughs) so tonight I feel like, I feel like teaching just a little bit. I promise you. I think I'm a little hot up here. I promise you, I won't be uh, more than 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. Everybody likes a short class, right? Can't tell you, when I was in college, um, the class would go for like 45 minutes to an hour, which is about normal. This one class I had, we did probably 20 minutes of work. And the other like 40 minutes was just us doodling around. It was like, it was the most. Insane thing ever. It was a big waste of time. So I don't plan on being up here for more than 10, 15 minutes. That should get everybody excited. <laughs> you don't have to clap. <laughs> so tonight, uh, if you have your Bibles, and if you don't, it'll be on the screen, but if you could stand. I apologize to the media team for not getting you all the scriptures in advance. It shouldn't be too many, but we got a couple. Um, I'm going to read from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. We're going to read two scriptures, or two verses, 2, 9 and 10. 9 and 10. The Bible says, but ye are a chosen generation. Everybody say, I'm a chosen generation. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Everybody say, out of darkness into his marvelous light. verse 10 says, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. The idea in verse 10 is that before you were called out of darkness and into his marvelous light, you had no identity. So he's talking to this people that at one point had no identity. They weren't anybody special. They were just whoever. But now... They are people of God now they're chosen now they're set apart can I say it like this now you don't look like everybody else at your public high school now once you've been baptized in Jesus name filled with the Holy Ghost once you have become a part of that chosen generation you no longer fit in as much as you want to you are a marked person In the spirit, you are a marked young person. You can no longer fit in. You can no longer go with the flow. You can no longer do what you've always done and just think that it's acceptable. So tonight, I just want to talk for a few minutes. Like I said, 10, 15. Y'all can time me if you want. If I go over, let me know. I want to be like Jesus. Does anybody want to be like Jesus tonight? Does anybody want to really be like Jesus? So for a little bit, that's what I want to talk about. I want to be like Jesus. You can go ahead and be seated. Uh, Music, y'all can stay real close. Um, Pick something good to play. I don't know. (laughs) Figure it out. (laughs) There are a lot of people in this world that we could emulate, that we could imitate. If you don't know what that means, be like. There's a lot of people that you could look at and say, I want to be like that person or I want to do what that person does. If I asked you right now who, by a lot of people's estimation, the most popular sports athlete is, what would you say? LeBron James. (laughs) Jabron Lames. (laughs) LeBron James, many people would say. If I said, who was the greatest of all time? Who was the GOAT? Some people would say, Wilt Chamberlain. Kobe Michael Jordan there were a lot of people would say a lot of different things if I if I asked now I don't really know but if I asked who was the best actor of all time some might say Y'all don't even know I heard Leonardo DiCaprio I heard Okay. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. I heard I heard Leonardo DiCaprio I heard Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles I heard a lot of stuff I shouldn't have opened up the floor to everybody. <laughs> My point is, is that there's a lot of people that we call stars. A lot of people that we call celebrities. And the vast majority of people that you come in contact have somebody that they, everybody's heard this word before, idolize, right? If I, went, if I, came, if I took a poll and I went through a lot of people and said, Who do you idolize or who did you idolize as a kid growing up? Some might say Kobe Bryant. I always wanted to be a basketball player. Some might say, name a rapper. I don't know, Lil Wayne. Does anybody like Lil Wayne? Is he still a thing? (laughs) At one point, Lil Wayne was a thing. (laughs) Some might say, I I idolized Lil Wayne. I really liked his music. Or some might say, I liked Drake, whatever, as growing up. Some might say you like okay, I'll go ahead and say Tupac, Brother Hammond, since you want me to say it. My what I'm saying is is that if we were to go around the room, there's a lot of people even here tonight that would say that you idolized a particular person at one point in your life. Fact or urban legend? Fact. I know I did the research. <clears throat> TikTok stars. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. One thing I noticed about TikTok, let me just point this out to you. One thing I noticed about TikTok, and if you really take a moment and you step back from the platform and you look at it as a whole, everybody is doing the exact same thing. Hear me out. So much so that there's literally a little thing at the bottom left-hand corner, if I'm not mistaken, that says sound, right? There's a particular sound that someone has played before or done before or used, and you can use that sound and overdub it over your video. Am I correct? Everybody is trying to be like somebody. Whether you want to admit it or not, at some point in time, everyone is chasing to be like somebody else. It's almost as if there's a line of people and I'm just chasing to be like them. I want to be like them. I'm trying to be like them. It's my two cents on TikTok. Um, I mean, the list goes on. I think we all get it at this point. The list goes on. But if I were to take a poll in this room and I would say and ask the question, can anybody name me all of the 12 disciples of Jesus? I guarantee you we'd get to about five, six, seven maybe of some of the most important men in the entire world. And yet they're never talked about. In America, we've idolized the wrong thing. We've put emphasis on the wrong thing. I don't even know why I feel to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Why is it that school teachers make 30000 $40,000 a year, and some NBA players make that in a single 10 minutes of a game? I read a I read a, a, a fact one time that, Jabron lames, he <laughs> he played. A, I don't remember what the game was he played, but he played a particular game. And one of his, I think it was, I think it was both of his sons. Maybe he put them in the the most expensive, the most prestigious private school in the entire United States. And I think the price was upwards of forty thousand per child for a year. I could be mistaken, but I think it's something like that. I know people that don't even make that in a year. I don't make that in a year. <laughs> I don't make that in three years. <laughs> anyway, he made that, and I think, I think the, 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 um, the statistic was like, or the, the fact was like uh, like three or four seconds. I'm not even kidding you. It was like three or four seconds in one game. Now, I understand, and I would even say I appreciate the level of athleticism that these men have. We're not talking about average people, right? We're not talking about Jose joining the NBA. We're not talking about Naeem or Brother John. We're talking about the average height of an NBA player is 6'6". That's tall. (laughs) And to be a center, you have to at least be, I think it's like 6'10", 6'11", 7 foot is ideal. We're not talking about regular people. So I, I do appreciate the level of of care, the IQ that it requires, but for some person to make millions upon millions of dollars to, to push a brand of drink when teachers and officers and firefighters and medical staff make a fraction of that. Take a moment and think about where you put your, your treasure. Take a moment and think about who you decide to idolize. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying you need to go and read all about Louis Pasteur and the great physician who figured out what germs were. Yeah, nobody knows that, exactly. (laughs) If you didn't know, now you know. Louis Pasteur was a German um, physician who discovered germs. This is in like the 1400s or 1500s, something like that. Nobody cares, though. That's fine. I care. I like that type of stuff. (laughs) So think about it next time. You go online and you see this person talking about a particular issue. When you see this person talking about a politi- particular political viewpoint. I'm not here to teach politics. I'm not here to go one way or the other. But think about that. They have no idea. And even if they came from humble beginnings, let me tell you, they are no longer there. Their perspective has changed. Their viewpoint has changed. I am not here to talk about celebrities. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. I want to be like Jesus. Some of these people have good intentions. When you, when you listen to interviews with some of these celebrities and some of these people that are in influence, influencers, it's another one we could talk about. Everybody on Instagram is an influencer nowadays. Everybody's trying to promote something. Be like this random product nobody's ever heard about. I'm an influencer. <laughs> but everybody's trying to influence, and everybody's trying to do something. They're, they have good intentions. Some of them do. Good intentions but at the end of the day you have to realize that those people they're not Jesus they don't at the end of the day those people are not the ones that when you are in trouble you can call them and they will be there I'm sorry as much as LeBron James is a a philanthropist If one of us is in trouble, the likelihood of him coming to us, to our aid, is slim to none. Sorry to break your heart. And the list goes on from there. But there is a person, there is a person that does care. There is a person that does have your best interest in mind. There is a person that literally knows every hair on your head. Think about that. If you were to take a piece of hair, and I don't recommend this for everybody, if I were to take a piece of Brother John's hair, even the smallest piece, right, and I think I'm grabbing one, and I cut that, I may have grabbed hundreds of pieces of hair. So to know that there is a person out there whose name is Jesus, a God out there that knows the amount of hair that's on your head, that's how much he cares about you. That's how much, that's how much he thinks about you. That's the type of person we should be idolizing. That is the only person we should be idolizing. And so I want to take a few moments. I think I'm already past 10 minutes. Am I? Does anybody time me? 10 minutes minutes just now? Um, What I meant to say, I'm sorry, correction, my introduction would be 10 minutes. That's what I meant to say. The full thing would be about probably 20 minutes. (laughs) Okay. Ephesians 5 and 8 says, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the world. Therefore, there's a colon, which means therefore, walk as children of light. So at one point, each and every one of us was stumbling around in darkness. We didn't know where we were going to go next. We were just following after whoever wanted to lead us. Another blind person essentially leading us into a ditch. At one point in time, we were in darkness, but now we are in the light. Therefore, walk as children in the light. Don't be afraid when you go to school and somebody says something about church or your church or something about you as a person because of how you dress or because of how you look or because you don't talk the way they talk. And you don't go the places they go to. Don't be ashamed about that. Walk in the light because you never know. You may be the one to lead them to God. Acts 26 and 18 says to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Again, the goal is to be to go from darkness to light. I'm going somewhere with this. Please trust me. Romans 7 and 18 says, for I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing for to will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. What he's saying is I have the ability to choose whatever I want to do. I can I can steal. I'm gonna go very basic. I can steal the candy from the candy jar when I know I'm not supposed to. You ever known somebody? There's a video going around. I I'm look. I'm 22 years old, so I'm I'm y'all's age basically. There's a video going around on social media of this little kid who is baking with his grandmother. Has anybody seen that? It's got to be the most hysterical thing I've ever seen. The kid. They're putting mixture, they're putting stuff together to make a cake. And every time they put, his grandmother puts something into the bowl, he sticks his hand in it and he grabs it. It's like sugar, like raw sugar, and he's over here trying to eat it, butter. He's grabbing the butter and he's trying to eat the butter. There, there is a point where we have a choice, and we can say, do I want to put my hands in the middle of this, or do I want to take my hands off of it? Do I want to get involved in this situation? Or do I not want to get involved in this? And this is kind of where I, I want to go tonight. If you can, if you have that slide, do you have the slide ready? Is it working? Can you put it up there, please? That works. That's fine. It's what we need. So at, at one point in time, you see the, the little guys on the bottom? See how they're mean? You may not have walked around like that, but your spirit wasn't very nice a lot of times. I guarantee you that. That's what your spirit looked like. And on the top, they look like you know. Hmm. You ever met somebody that has the fakest smile,
0: <laughs>
1: and you just know that they don't know how to smile? You're just like, hmm. oh, that's that's good. Okay. So when we were in darkness. At one point when we were in darkness, there were certain things that we did. There are certain people that we once idolized. There are certain attributes that we once had. But when you come into the light, when you are saved, that the church world throws that word around way too often. There's only one way to be saved, and that's Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is the only way to truly be saved. So I'm going to start from the bottom. The old way, at one point in time, we were judgmental. Somebody walked in with clothes that didn't look that good. They might have smelled a little bad first thing we, we go and we do is, can you believe that they would come to school looking like that? Can you believe that they would walk out of the house with, well, at one point, walking out of the house with ripped up jeans was like, what is your deal? Now, apparently, it's the style. Everybody's got ripped up jeans. Pay big money for those. But, but, but at one point, judgmental. Judging every little thing that somebody does. But in the new way, Jesus tells us that we are to be tolerant. And that's not just tolerant in the sense that if somebody's yelling at me and cussing me out, I just got to tolerate it and and just kind of move on with my life. That's tolerant in the sense that you don't know what somebody else is going through. So you can't pass judgment on every single person that you see. Because God forbid that you were in that position. How do you know what their family life is like? How do you know that they don't have any money? How do you know that their parents weren't laid off? How do you know that they're not homeless? Don't be so quick to judge. Jesus is teaching these things to the people, and he's saying, these are some things that you once did, but now this is the new way. So worry and anxiety were some of the old traits. If you can't tell, I'm starting from the bottom going up. That's how they should have did it, but I didn't write this, so I'm starting my way. Worry and anxiety was the old way. Before you were saved, before you were in darkness, you worried about, this is a lot of people actually. This is a lot of people. You worry about how you look, worry about getting the next, whatever it is, the PS5 is the big deal right now. Everybody's trying to get their girlfriend to buy it from, I don't know what that's all about, but the PS5, everybody's worried about what they're going to eat next, what they're going to... In America, you do not have to worry about where your next meal is coming from. Even if you are homeless, there are soup kitchens all around the United States. If we were to go to another country, however, such as Haiti, such as uh, parts in South America, parts in Africa, parts in in, in different parts of the world, they have no idea where their next meal is coming from. Literally. Literally. We can't can't fathom that here in America because we are so blessed. We, we we, We are fat, if I can say that. I don't necessarily mean obese as in everyone is fat, but I mean fat as in abundance. America has so much that we can't see past our own nose. And so Jesus tells them, quit worrying about tomorrow. Quit worrying about how you're going to get your next meal and how you're going to get your next, your next outfit and how you're going to have a roof over your head. When you submit yourself to me, this is Jesus speaking, when you submit yourself, I become Lord over your life. So worry and anxiety essentially is telling God, I don't trust you. When we worry and we fret about the daily, the daily life and the daily activities and we stress about all these things, we're telling God, I don't trust you enough to provide for me. I'll be honest, I'm guilty of this. I've done this way too many times. But once you're in the light, there is no reason to worry. There is no reason to stress and to be anxious over everything. I'm going to move on because I know I'm past 10 minutes already. Greed. Oh, man. That's a tough one for somebody. Greed. Anybody ever met a greedy person? Just couldn't get enough. They wanted, my, they wanted your cake and your neighbor's cake. Yo, you done with that slice? Bro, I haven't even started it. I just got it. <laughs> I know, but you know. Like, you want to split that? Really? They just can't get enough. Insatiable. They want more. To the point that, to the point that they, they begin to hoard. And they begin to, to take from other people. And they begin to, to see how much they can store up. The Bible says to store up your treasures in heaven. Not here on the earth. I'm not out here trying to get the next, you fill in the blank. I'm not out here chasing Gucci, Louis Vuitton, Prada. Is Prada still a thing? Is Prada still a thing? Gucci, Louis Vuitton, I don't know anything else. Clearly, I wear Burlington suits. Generous is the new way. Jesus tells them, instead of thinking about yourself all the time and about your personal gain, why don't you sew back into somebody else? Young adult, why don't you take that car, go pick somebody else up, take them out to lunch? Why don't you, instead of spending another $30, $40 on a dress for yourself, why don't you take one of these young people out and go buy them some clothes? Instead of looking at yourself and internally about what you can gain, Jesus is telling them, put back into somebody else. Grow my kingdom. That's how how the kingdom can grow. If we're so focused on ourselves, eventually what's going to happen is it'll implode. Because we never brought anybody else in to structure, to to put pillars up. That's what we are. We're pillars. If you never bring anybody in and you build them up as a pillar in the house of God, eventually it'll just implode as we try to grow. Some of us didn't understand that at all. But that's okay. Because it was really good. See me afterwards if you don't understand that. The next one, hypocritical. Hypocritical, saying you're doing one thing but you do another. Your intentions are not pure. Saying, I don't know, give me an example of being a hypocrite. Huh? What? That doesn't even make any sense. Don't smoke. It's it's like telling somebody, oh, this is a this is a famous one. Anybody ever heard do as I say, not as I do? Well, when I was younger, I could not stand. I literally, with every fiber of my being, I was like, "Then what's the point? What is this interaction doing for me then? I wasn't a nerd, trust me. I wasn't a nerd. I didn't use big words like that when I was 10 years old. But, but it, was, it was frustrating because I would see people that I looked up to. Yeah. Again, people that I looked up to, people that I, I, I idolized. And they would tell me, do as I say. I'm telling you, don't smoke as they're puffing in air. That is what is a, is a hypocrite. They're, they're, they do things to set themselves up, to put themselves in authority in a position of power over someone else. But Jesus tells them, don't be hypocrites. Don't be like the religious rulers and, and walk outside and, and your heart, or on the outside, you're out here praying to God. bless thee, while the entire time their hearts were disgusting, while the entire time they couldn't keep lying out of their mouth, and they couldn't keep stealing from off of their fingers, and yet yet all, all the while they were out here professing their love for God, and their intentions were to get other people to look at them and say, wow, this is a holy man. This, this is somebody that knows God. I don't know where that accent came from. But their intentions were not pure. Jesus said, if you're going to do something, do it to please me. If you're going to pray, don't do it so that other people can see you praying. If you're going to study, don't do it in front of a place where everybody can see you studying. You got six Bibles around you and three laptops trying to figure out the word of God. Nobody cares. Believe it or not, nobody cares that you can pray 65,000 words in 20 minutes. Nobody cares. What Jesus wants to know is, do you really love me? Yeah. If you really love them, it doesn't matter what you sound like when you pray. Yeah. Because that's between you and God anyway. Yes. Right. So make sure pure, your intentions are pure is what he tells them. The next one, prejudice. All too often we relegate that to race. But prejudice doesn't necessarily have to be toward, a, toward race. Prejudice is, is pre-judging. It's having a pre, predetermined idea of what something is to be. So when we, we can become prejudiced to people that walk through those doors. And they may not look like us and smell like us and talk like us. But Jesus said, don't be prejudiced toward them. Don't be prejudiced toward people that you may meet on the street. Don't judge everybody that walks up to you. Instead, be impartial. Impartial meaning not having part with either side. I'm not taking this side or that side. Everybody's equal at the foot of the cross. It doesn't matter what your background is, what your, your, your degree is, it doesn't matter where you grew up. Everybody is equal at the foot of the cross. So, why, so that is the same attitude we should have towards one another. Hate enemies. Big one. So, one two, so these four, these are like really big ones. I just want y'all to know. So these are like really important. Everything else is really important, but these are like stressy, okay? Hate enemies. At one point in the Old Testament, before Jesus showed up on the scene in the Old Testament, the Bible said, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. If I rip out Judah's tooth, which I don't know why... You would rip somebody else's tooth out. Maybe, yeah, maybe you punched it out. But say I pulled Judah's tooth out and he didn't want it to be pulled out. It was one of his big boy teeth. and It was one of the front ones. <laughs> he, had the, he reserved the right, by law, he reserved the right to come at me with some pliers and pull out one of my teeth. Now, I could fight it. Oh, yeah, I see somebody cringing. I used to hate getting my teeth pulled. Thank God they're all gone, but I would literally wait until it was on the floor, dragging by a little piece of string, and then I would like cut it, and even then I would scream. Eye for an eye, if somebody were to pluck out your eye, you you reserve the right to to take out their eye. The idea is not just eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. The idea is that if you did something to me, these hands is coming at you, boy. Throw your set up, homie. It's going down right here. That was the old way. That was the old way of thinking, is to hate your enemies. They come up against my squad. Yeah, we coming up against them. We coming guns blazing, yo. I got my shooters. They got their shooters. Let's go. I don't know any gang signs. <laughs> gang, gang, yo. But Jesus said, love your enemies. Yeah. Love your enemies. There's a, there, anybody ever heard that term, my haters are my escalators? ever heard that term? Or anybody ever said, I got haters, man. Some of these people got fake haters. I wonder if they're buying them. Like, yo, can can you hate on me? <laughs> I promise internet beef is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. But that's how it is sometimes. People are like, yeah, I got haters out here, yo. I'm gonna rise up. I'm gonna do me. No. No, it's not about hate. If somebody hates you, Jesus said, if somebody hits you on one cheek, he said, turn the other cheek. Don't seek revenge. Jesus said, vengeance is mine. Vengeance belongs to him. He's the one that's going to repay. The idea is once you come into the light, you're no longer your own. So when somebody comes at you, they're not just coming at you. They're coming at the God inside of you. And if you don't know, the God that's inside of you is a lot bigger than anybody else out here. I can't remember that scripture, but that one scripture where it says, they haven't rejected you. They haven't rejected, no, 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 I think it's, I think it, is it for Samuel? He says to Samuel, they, he hasn't rejected you, Samuel. He's rejected me. He's rejected the God that you represent. So be careful when you got haters and you got people that are, I think the word used to be ops. Is that, what it was? Is that still it? <laughs> Opponents is what it really means. When you got people that are against you, when you got people that they're trying to start beef with you, they're trying to start an argument with you. It takes two people to argue in case you didn't know that. The fight begins between you and another person. The fight begins when you swing back. If I never acknowledge that they're fighting me or that they hate me or that they're against me, there's no fight going on. It's just them looking retarded at that point because... They're swinging at you and, and doing stuff that makes no sense. So he said, love your enemies. This is the new way. Love your enemies. Revenge. That's, I kind of went into that. Revenge. Turn the other cheek. Don't seek vengeance. What vengeance ends up doing is it ends up building two graves. It ends up building a grave for the person that you're, you're fighting against. And it ends up building a grave for you. Because what ends up happening is you go your entire life. You don't get the opportunity one time, you'll seek for it the next time. And you'll be consumed with vengeance. Always trying to get back at somebody. Always trying to, if they did me wrong, no, no, I'm going to handle mine. I'm going to go get back at them. That's not how it, yeah. You would think I was a thug in my past life. I'm really not. Sexual sins. I wasn't going to go over that, but nowadays... It's getting younger and younger. I read a, I read a statistic one time that it, that, that it used to be 13, 14, 15 years old that kids were first introduced to pornography. Yeah, it's a, we don't want to talk about it in church. But I read a statistic the other day that it's getting lower and lower and some kids are exposed as early as 7 years old. We wonder why there's a problem in our world. I don't know why I I want to say this too, but if you look at TikTok and you look at the the dances that they're performing and the moves that they're doing, it's all about the body. It's all about exposing parts of the body. It's all about emphasizing. I don't want to get too graphic, but I, I know some of us know what I'm talking about. It's exposing certain parts of the body. And we wonder why when films like Cuties come out, why it's such a big deal. Why are people in an outrage when people on TikTok are doing the exact same thing at the same age? That's all I'm going to say about that. Last one. Music, you can come. The Last one. Murder and anger. Now, I know nobody in here has committed murder. Hopefully. If not, that's all right. Sin is sin. God can forgive you just like he can forgive somebody that lies. But Jesus said murder was a thing of the past. Murder was an old way. It was something that you did when you were, remember the verse, once in darkness? Anger. Anger is something. The Bible says you can be angry and sin not. God got angry. Jesus was angry. Brother Oren mentioned it when when he went into the temple and the money changers were there and they were selling sacrifices. Jesus was angry, so much to the point that he braided a whip and he started flipping tables. I wonder if that's where the term flipping out came from. Started flipping tables and started literally cracking the whip. But he said... When you come over to the light, you ask for forgiveness. Jesus also goes on to say that if you, if you hate your brother, if you so much as hate him and you lash out at him with your words and, and, and you, you, you verbally abuse them and you, you, you mentally mess with them and you show hatred towards them, Jesus said, I don't care. That's the same thing as murder to me. How many times do we flip out on people and we get angry and we say things we shouldn't say? In the eyes of God, that's the same as murder. These things ought not so to be. When you make that transition from darkness into light, there's some things that you got to put away in the old way. The golden rule, how would you want to be treated? How would you want somebody to respond to you if you had a bad day? How would you want somebody to react to you losing your cool for just a moment? How would you want to react to... How would you want somebody to react to you if... I mean, the list goes on. You never know what somebody else is dealing with. You never know what somebody else is going through. So if you extend that same mercy that you wish to receive, then it'll happen. I, I didn't get a brand new card. It was new to me. Ever heard that? It's new to me. And it's whatever. It's just a vehicle. But within six months, I think, the front end got hit. Like I said, it wasn't a big deal. Said, don't worry about it. We'll, We'll get it fixed. It got fixed. Not a week later, in the same parking lot, somebody backed right up into it. Literally after it had gotten fixed. And again, I could have reacted and said, are you serious? Started cussing. I don't cuss, but started freaking out and getting mad and and, and saying things I shouldn't say. But, you know, I was just like, don't worry about it. Month ago, (laughs) somebody else hit my car. And I, I, same response. It's all good. I'm not trying to, you know, boost myself up. But if I could tell you the amount of mercy that's been shown to me. Because I was impartial. Because I pardoned people. Because I was tolerant. Because I was content. When you transition from the old way to the new way. All those things have to be left behind. And God will show you mercy. And God will elevate you. The last thing is the fruit test. No, not pineapples and bananas and grapes. But in Galatians 5.22, it says that the fruits of the spirit are love, joy, Peace. Long suffering. I gonna get that scripture up there. I'm gonna run out. Gentleness, kindness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Do you have those qualities? Be honest with yourself. Ask yourself the question Do I show love in every situation? Am I humble? Am I meek? Am I patient with people? When somebody, when somebody just can't move or can't do something to ask on time, am I patient? If not, then we need to work on that. Because at the beginning of this, everybody here said they wanted to be like Jesus, right? Those are the qualities that Jesus has. So if you don't line up with that, we need to get that right. I'm not here to make anybody feel bad. But I want everybody here, if you're young and old, to think about these questions. And ask yourself. Do I, do, am I doing any of those things? Am I, am I, am I rude? Am I talking back to people? Am I, am I angry all the time? If you want to be like Jesus... And you got to get rid of those things in your life. Everybody here had to at one point. You're looking at a bunch of people that once struggled with those things. You're looking at people that once were not a people. But now are. People of God. That's you too. At one point you were just a nobody. You had no identity. Just like me. Now, a lot of us have been baptized, right? A lot of us have received the Holy Ghost, right? Now you're a people of God. Now you're a part of that royal priesthood, that chosen generation. So now, Jesus is requiring some things of you. He's saying, Go ahead and do a fruit test on yourself. Do you have those qualities? Is that what your life looks like? I'm done. Let's go ahead and stand. This doesn't have to be a, a, a deep, deep moving of God. But I wonder if we can just come to the front. And let's just pray for a moment. If you feel like God's spoken to you at all, or if you relate to anything that happened tonight, and you feel like you're just not at that place, just lift your hands. Brother Judah alluded or said it earlier. He said that God hears your prayers. I don't care if you're four years old, five years old, 20, 25, 105, God hears your prayers. So if you want to be like Jesus, ask Him. Ask him, say God, I want to be like you. God, I want to be gentle. God, I want to be patient. God, I want I want I want to think like you. I want to look like you. When the world sees me, Jesus, I want them to see you. Come on, you can lift your hands. Some of us, some of us that have been here for a little bit. Why don't you find somebody to pray with? Some of these Sunday school teachers, find somebody to pray with right now.